Hi, I'm Lindsay Boomershine, brand manager of High Five Gear. H5G has thousands of designs to choose from and no hidden artwork fees. How awesome is that? Have your jersey tell your story. Order online at www.high5gear.com today. Add H5G into your wardrobe and show off your individuality. Use code ABOVE180 at checkout for $20 off any H5G style. Order today and enjoy highfivegear.com. Hey, bowlers, bowling this month is back. Bowling this month is bowling's trusted technical resource that's relied upon by thousands of serious bowlers, pro shop operators, and professional coaches. From independent ball reviews to great instructional articles on all facets of our sport, you'll find it all at bowlingthismonth.com. For less than the price of a cup of coffee per month, you can have online access to Bowling This Month's premium technical bowling content that will help you improve your game. Bowling This Month is so confident you'll be satisfied, they're offering a 14-day money-back guarantee to all subscribers. Check out BowlingThisMonth.com and sign up today. Tim Berg is ready to hit the lanes, approaching the issues that you, the bowler, want to know. From the latest equipment reviews, coaching, to drilling layouts, and the stars of the PBA. Now, here's your host, Tim Berg. Joining me today on the Above180.com podcast is Tom Hess. Tom became the 30th bowler in the 115 years of the USBC Open Championships, who has multiple 300 games on the tournament lanes. He is also the 2011 USBC Masters Champion. That took place out in Reno, Nevada. Tom, it's Tim Berg here. Thanks for joining me today. You're very welcome, Tim. So, thought we'd catch up, Tom. You just finished up in Syracuse at a 2164. Had a had a chance going into your final game to take over the all events lead. Fell a little bit short of that. Still nothing to hang your hang your head in shame about a 725 series in singles. But let's talk about your th- your your nine game block there. First off, going into it, did you have a good feeling based on what you had bowled in Syracuse heading up to the tournament and and your practice session and your game plan? And what really clicked for you, and, and what were your thoughts heading into the nine games in Syracuse? Well, we we didn't do the practice session, so kind of had no idea. I think this year with the practice session being off-site and on a uh, much different surface, that that was, was no good. Um, I don't normally bowl the practice sessions for the Nationals anyway. I don't like to go in with any preconceived notions. Uh, you know, and, and to be honest, I, I didn't go in really expecting a whole lot. I mean, you know, you always think you're going to bowl good, but uh, before we bowled, um, I had bowled one set of the Bowlers Journal and one set of the BCM. Didn't really do anything special. You know, I got 6.39 in both events, actually, which is nothing um, outstanding by any means. Uh, you know, it started out not all that great, to be honest with you. Um, our team went in with a game plan of having people go to the surface to the right and some throwing plastic up the middle. I was one of the ones throwing, throwing plastic, and uh, we didn't do a very good job of managing our time, and I ended up only getting one shot to try to line up at the pocket, and uh, that actually went high in 3-6, so when my next shot was the score. I moved up to 3-6, and it didn't hook. Um, made a move off of that on the next lane, and it hooked. So I was kind of 
some kind of trap. My, my whole game plan was to start with uh, a DB3. That, to me, after a few shots, didn't look like it was going to work. So I went to a ball that I drilled up just for that event. I didn't even throw it. Um, shipped it out there with no games on it. And that was that deep bowl. The pictures are all over the Internet uh, on my page if anybody wants to go take a look. Um, and... You know, it, it rolled good. I threw a couple back shots the first game for 200 on the nose, and then uh, got lined up through a bunch of really good shots. Shot 300 to 230, and uh, the 732 in team. Our team had 30-13, which is an honorable score, but to be honest, we left quite a bit out there. So looking back, Tom, was that game plan effective for you, and did it work? Um, I, I think it did. Um, you know, I, we, we missed... I think our team, as a team, we missed six single pins. I mean, that's, you know, that's 60 pins. That puts us to 30-70, which is, you know, a really honorable score. Um, and, you know, I don't know. It's, it's, they're, they're touchy, man. Even though we broke them down and got them good, you still got to get your ball to go through the pins right. Um, our team had a lot of lot of good shots that didn't strike. And it, it just is. I don't know. It's tough, man. You know, it's one of the deals that out there when they're that tough, when you get lined up and you get in the right spot and your arms can loosen up, it really helps. And when you're fighting it all night, it's kind of hard to get your arms swing loose. Um, you know, Mike, Mike Peters uh, shot six. I think Mike had 640-something. I didn't even look at the scores. I think, it, I think the other three guys were at 550. You know, where we where we did really good was in Tom, so I've had on Matt McNeil and I've had on Lenny Boar, so if anyone's missed those shows, take a listen to those as well on the podcast. But I've asked them what they thought about the pattern comparable to last year's pattern in Las Vegas. So what are your thoughts regarding double singles and team from last year to this year? My thoughts on both. I, I don't think there's near as much hold on the team pattern. Um, the singles and doubles pattern, I would say, is probably pretty close um, to last year. I played them completely different last year. Last year, I didn't. I didn't think that bowled that bad, but I just couldn't. I mean, I was one of them guys that couldn't get my ball to go through the pins last year. I think for the 80 frames or the excuse me, the 90 frames last year, I had 37 nine counts when I was back through my sheet last year. Um, but this year, didn't feel it. I mean, obviously, I threw, I threw the ball really well. But, uh, it was, you know, I had the right ball roll. The ball rolled through the pins, right? And um, there really wasn't very many shots that I threw really, really, really good that didn't strike. All right, so let's talk about your equipment. I've had had people on from the other manufacturers talking about what worked well for them. You've mentioned the diesel that you drilled up right before. What else did you see out there and did your crew use that you liked out of that Ebonite brand and name and such that that seemed to roll well? Because that's the key, too, like you said. Once you get to the pocket, you still got to kick those corners out. Right. I, I used basically two balls all week. I threw the diesel right out of the box. It seemed like I said I just drilled it. I think I threw it for... Uh, I pulled two sets of bullet journal, and I think I used that ball for three or four games total over at the bullet journal. Um, threw it 
you know, so with four games out of the box, didn't do anything to the first of 15. Knew that going into single double pattern was a little bit longer. Um, we as a group really jumped up some stuff. I had taken out some stronger balls, um, jumped them up. Last minute decision, I had hit the, the diesel with a thousand. You know, just really didn't really stand on it. You know what I mean? Just just a little little bit of a fresh surface on it, and uh, didn't think I was going to be able to throw it. To be honest with you, and you know, with a couple minutes to go in practice, I decided to give it another. I decided to give it a try. Went through the pins okay, and I just thought, you know, it struck so good last night. If you can throw it today, try to throw it. Um, ended up shooting 260 the first game. Stayed with it through all the doubles. And then on the bell ball of singles, I switched to a Rebel Yell. Um, ball that I had, uh, I spent a thousand surface on that, pretty rough. And threw that every shot of singles. That was the only two balls I threw. So Rebel Yell and the people. All right, Tom. So what advice then do you have for folks who are still heading out to Syracuse and listening to this podcast? Man, why should I give them advice? They're trying to beat me. <laughs> Good point. Um, well, I, I, how about this? You said your crew, and I'll, I'll uh, you know what, Tom, but uh, one thing I will say is there's a lot of times, and it sounds like your crew ran into this, your team crew at least, um, you focus so hard on getting the ball to the hole, and then you have a mental lapse and you miss an easy spare. Or you miss, you know, chop the six off the ten, or you do something that, that you know, that you uncharacteristic of a crew that you bring out there. Yeah, yeah. So my advice, I mean, obviously, you know, lots of people have done it. Um, the good, the good teams that I've seen score. I'm not going to talk about what exactly where we did it. I mean, like I said, you know what I mean. It is a competition. You know, we're trying to win. And we have some guys play right with the third surface. We have some guys play left on plastic, like I've already said. And we got teams pretty good. Um, and then in salt singles and doubles, we threw surface right. You know, I'm not going to say where at right, but. Do, do some research. There's a bunch of people out there. I mean, you can figure it out, and then you still got to make your spare. And I mean, that, that's the biggest. That's the biggest part out there. You know, is just make it your spare. And they're not. You wouldn't think it from this weekend, man. With all the scores that went up this weekend, but they really are tough. I mean, they're not. They're not easy. Tom, on the team all-event side of things, we just had a 10,252 shot by the Red Carpet Lanes team from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Big numbers by all the guys. That's nearly a 232 average for the entire nine-game block. So, you know, currently leading team, Tom, is 33-22. Do you believe that that 3,400 is out there for the team who maybe puts it all together, all three games? Boy, I don't know if they do that. You know, I mean, we had, on our singles and double squad, we had three guys move into the top ten on our on our single squad. So, I mean, it, it, it can be done. Uh, and ironically, all of them from different groups. You know, I moved into second with, a, with our group from Iowa. Um, Chris Castle holds uh, with a group of guys from Minnesota. And Todd Fenske holds with a group of guys from Wisconsin. And, you know, all three of us moved into the top ten off of, all of our, we were all on, we were on the same squad for all three events. But, you know, so when you get some good bowlers together, you can do that. And uh, from my understanding and everything I read, you know, red carpet lane, and uh, I don't know the team name. I don't know Mr. Boone, Brian Brazil, James Peterson. Uh, 
Those were caucus, and I sent them. I can't remember the third, fifth, but they all ten guys worked together and, and did real good. You know, I don't know. There's still a lot of ball, a lot of bowlers to go. Uh, all gaining lots of information because of shows like this and Facebook and uh, the post from the USBC. You know, could it be done? Yeah, I mean, gonna take some great bowlers. Yes, t- Tom. So. It's there used to be a lot more information that was out there from the live streams to the you know everything to being the taping the videos etc the shows like this we still try to help and there's other people out there as well. It sounds to me like reading between the lines you're kind of a fan of the, some of the new policies that were put in place where they're not showing a full team set of of a, a feature group of bowlers so other teams can imitate copy uh, play the lanes as well as or, or figure out where to play like they do. Seems like you kind of like some of these new rules that we're seeing. Is that a fair statement? Not, not really. Um, no, <laughs> I'm, I, I'm a big performer. I mean, you know what? I, I think the live streaming. There was nothing wrong with the live streaming. You know, I mean, let, let people watch. You know, we're trying to. I, I don't know. I mean, you know, that, that's a touchy situation. It, it's their rule. It's what they decided. Um, I think we could teach people if we showed them what they were bowling on, showed them where they used to play, you know what I mean? But then they go back to the argument that not everybody can bowl on it. Um, not everybody has access to the information. I, I don't know what the right answer is. Ultimately, Tom, we can talk about variables and, and how people play the lanes, and you can tell me or help line me up or line up folks as best we can, but ultimately I still have to roll the ball. And it still all makes a difference, too, of where everyone else with me is playing because when I throw it somewhere, it's going to react possibly completely different than when you throw it there. Yeah, you know, I mean, you can't even get it. Well, my ball didn't hook there when I threw it there. Well, you know, did you guys break them down right? Did you? Did you? There's so many variables to our sport. That's why it's such a hard sport. Um, they're taking a tournament that runs. I don't even know how long it runs now. Hundred and some days. You know, they're not going to be the same every day. They're just not. You can't boil for 100 days, you know, especially in a place like Syracuse, New York, where, you know, for the first couple months of the tournament, it might be cold. They might have the heat running. In July, it's going to be 100 in New York, and, you know, they're going to have the air crank. And it's just going to be different. I mean, it is what it is. Exactly. Tom Hess joining me on the Above180.com podcast. Tom, final question I have for you. Uh, Over the years, how have you matured as a bowler? I, I don't know that I have. I mean, I'm still passionate. Uh, I show it. I wear it on my sleeve. Uh, it means a lot to me. I've put a lot of time and effort into this. And I'm, I'm a big, you know, people might disagree with me, but I think our sport needs some emotion. Um, you know, Tiger Woods grew the sport of golf to what it is by showing emotion. You know what I mean? When he had a shot, he let you know he had a shot. And I, I think our sport kind of needs that a little bit. I, I think we need you guys to show some emotion and make it exciting. Quickly, Tom, before we run, I have to let folks know, please remember, check out BowlingThisMonth.com, one of the fine sponsors here at the Above180.com podcast, Bowling's best and most comprehensive technical resource all at your fingertips. Please check that out, bowlingthismonth.com. Down your left-hand side, you're going to see the ball reviews, their normal, traditional spot, all the latest and greatest new equipment out there, your featured 
bowling tips and articles, your center column there and down your right-hand side. Please make sure you check out the BTM tournament going on in conjunction with the Open Championships. There's a great uh, great room right there if you want to check that out. The host hotel, bowler uh, Rick Ramsey and his wife Gail do a great job finding these hotel deals for bowlers coming out there. They're in it for the bowlers. There's a great bowlers rate. Check all that stuff out. Bowlingthismonth.com, all the articles, everything you need all in one place on the Internet. Bowlingthismonth.com. Also, I have to remind folks, if you're looking for that new dye-supplemented shirt, you're heading to nationals, heading to state. Get these shirts right now. H5GBrands.com is where you can find them. Maybe you're getting ready for next year for league. H5GBrands.com. Uh, check them out last week. By the way, I had Lindsey Boomershine and Elisa Kern on, two great ambassadors for High Five Gear, so check that interview out in the podcast section. High5gear.com, H5G Brands is where you're going. All sorts of colors, styles, so many options. Design your own shirt. So all you have to do, go to H5GBrands.com. You can get also get $20 off your order by using the code ABOVE180. That's ABOVE180. Use that promo code for that shirt. You're going to show your individuality in that shirt. Again, check out H5GBrands.com. Got a lot of other good stuff going on that website as well. It's all right under the bowling tab. So, again, remember, check all that stuff out and get your $20 off using the code ABOVE180. That's all at H5GBrands.com. All right, final final three quick questions I have. Calling you this a 10th, 11th, and 12th frame. Just kind of quick short answers for these three questions, Tom. Um, as, okay. people, as people can hear, you're, you're just finishing up. You, you got home from Syracuse, and then you headed out to the regional in, um, in Kansas. So you're, you're in the car traveling right now. But if you had your choice and you're on that 8- or 10-hour road trip, who would uh, who'd be riding shotgun with you if you had any, any choice? Uh, Mark Ross. All right, 11th frame, over under – uh, total teams for next year in Las Vegas, 10,500, over or under? I hope over. Okay, and the uh, the 12th frame, as a bowler, I want to be remembered as? Someone who gave it all every time. Awesome. Thank you, Tom. Very, very good podcast, very informative information. And like you said, there's ways to give out stuff and it not be – too much information that you feel you're giving everything away, and that's what I think we accomplished here. Appreciate it. Appreciate your honesty on things, and uh, and drive safe, and we'll catch up with you down the road. Thank you, Tim. Always a pleasure to help out. Anytime I can, give me a call.